bless you. Let's uh, turn, if you would, in the scripture to the little book of Philemon, chapter, just one chapter there, verse 5. <clears throat> what a privilege it's been to be together in these days and these services. I guess the sad part about it is always when we have to say goodbye. We have to go our separate ways and things that <clears throat> we'll be facing after these wonderful meetings. Uh, sorry, an honor to be with Brother Wayne, Brother Tim, my friend, Brother Ron, uh, different ministers and saints, different church that are represented. Trust the Lord Jesus will help us today. And <clears throat> I know that you've been here for a long time this morning, so I'll try not to be too long. Um, this is quite a, quite a book. It's, it's a little book, only one chapter. Um, unlike many of the other New Testament books that were named, of course, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Book of Acts, Corinthians, Philippians, uh, named after different cities, named after apostles. But this book bears the name of just a lay member. This man is not a preacher, as uh, far as historically, no record that he ever became a preacher. But he was a, a Christian, a man filled with the Holy Ghost, a good brother that loved God and really had some outstanding things about his character. So <clears throat> let us read, if you would, uh, begin reading in verse 5. Hearing of thy love and faith which thou hast toward the Lord Jesus and toward all saints, that the communication of thy faith may become effectual. Now, this word effectual means powerful, active, energetic, and perfected in full knowledge. That the communication of thy faith, the word communication is koinea, which means the sharing of your faith. So this, this brother, God had done something for him. <clears throat> He's a real, real example of Christianity, and he was sharing what God had done for him. But Paul wanted something else to happen in this brother's life, that the communication of thy faith may become. Now, he's growing, so he wants him to become effectual. So faiths can actually become more effectual, more energized. We don't want intellectual faith, certainly not. Notice he says that it may become effectual. So how does faith become effectual? By the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. So it's not just having it. It's not just believing it, but it's actually acknowledging it. Now listen to this, brother, in verse 7. For we have great joy and consolation in thy love, because the bowels of the saints, now you may know this reading in the New Testament, that in the, this first century time that they viewed the bowels as being the emotion, the very heart, you know, the way you felt things, your spirit, what we would say today in our spirit. The bowels of the saints are refreshed by thee, brother. So this indicates to us that Philemon was the type of a Christian that was a refreshing sort of a Christian. 
Now, we've all been around Christians like that, haven't we, that were refreshing to be around and they were enjoyable. And we've been around others that were the other way. They're not near as much fun and they're not near as exciting and, you know, you just feel all washed out when you leave them, right? Oh, wouldn't it be wonderful if every one of us that leave this meeting being this type of a person right here? The bowels of the saints are refreshed by thee, brother. Now, the church at Colossae, actually, most of you know that there was no church buildings in the first and second century, even up to about 300 years before the Catholic church would actually start building temples and tabernacles and so on. But the churches, many of them were in buildings, public houses, and they were also in people's homes. Now, there's very little we know about this guy except that he was a, a businessman, sort of a wealthy type of a man. But the church at Colossus, there were actually two there, and this church was actually in this man's house, him and his wife and their son, which Paul mentioned. Now, notice whenever something about this brother is so outstanding that the word, the word of that day, was living out of his life. But Paul wanted it to be greater, an achievement, by him being able to recognize all that God had done in him. Let's read also in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, which eliminates most of the apps that we have on our phones. Basically, all your news things are all fake news. It ain't just CNN. They're all, right? Our, our minds are filled with so much nonsense and so much negativity. Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Let's bow our heads together. Heavenly Father, we have had a wonderful time in your presence. It's been so good to be able to sit under the atmosphere that we've had here, Lord, from the very first service. It was so charged with expectation. Lord, I'm just walking in the building the first night and it just felt like there was such a pressure. But it wasn't a bad pressure. It was just a charge and atmosphere of the saints of God. Thank you, Lord, in this last day, this time of evil and darkness, there are children that still love to come to the house of God. And they don't come with the dread, they do not come with the drudgery, but they come with such heavenly anticipation. Lord, we thank you for that. Last night, so powerful. Thank you, Lord Jesus, once again. Here we come, Father, to the final service of these meetings. And with sadness, we come to the last service, but yet also with anticipation, knowing that one day we will say our last amen, we will say our last goodbyes, and we'll never have to separate again. So we desire today, Father, that while we are gathered here, I understand that they've been here for quite some time, so I pray that you make me mindful of that. But, Lord, while we're here, we know the value of going to be placed on the word of God. I want to bring something to them today that they can take with them. Lord, when they journey down the road today, tomorrow, whenever they head home, something that will be a benefit to them, Lord Jesus. 
We pray that the word of God will speak today. Help me to be an oracle. Help me to get out of the way. Shut my mouth to anything that would be displeasing to you. I surrender myself, Lord Jesus, and I pray that you'd anoint me, but anoint them as well that we can receive from you today in the name of Jesus Christ. And the saints said, Amen. God bless you. you. may be seated. I'd like to speak to you today for just a bit on uh, our confession. Now, we know we're living in an age when uh, so many preachers in Laodicea have went through the name it, claim it plan. And, uh, you know, you want a BMW, just claim it. You want a Cadillac, just claim it. And that's, that's not at all, of course, what we believe that God has instituted for his children. But I do believe that they have broken into a principle of God's truth that is absolutely right. But yet we know Satan always uses scarecrows, and they should scare crows and not scare us. So the truth of God's word is that we want to be able to take every aspect. I thought Brother Tim brought it out so beautifully last night of every part of the lamb, the head, the legs, the pertinence thereof. So there's parts that's more tasty than others. And if every tr true preacher would be honest, he would let you know today there's certain things he'd rather preach than other things. Isn't that right, brothers? So that's just the way that the word of God comes. But we know that there is a truth in the words that we speak. Our words have great power. Not only our words, but the words of politicians, the words of people. No doubt we are sitting here today being influenced by the atmosphere that we were in our home. If you were raised with a lot of negativity and you were raised being told that you would never amount to anything and you'd never be anything and all of that, no doubt a lot of that has impacted you to this very day. And as Brother Tim again brought it out last night, that God wants to change our spirit from our spirit, imagination, conscience, memory, reason, and affection. It was the second realm of us that God gave us in the substitute for the theophany. One day the spirit will break up when we die and we get the word form body, the theophany that we should have had in the first place. But until that time, we're stuck with this human spirit, like it or not. So God helps us to be able to um, become born again in the soul, but the spirit's not born again, the flesh is not born again, but God wants it to be subject to the nature that's living inside of us. And we're living in a very negative world, are we not? Every day, every, you know, all your news, all your apps, all we've got all these things. Years and years ago, if an earthquake would have happened somewhere around the world and 5,000 people would have died 150 years ago, people living in the United States, if it happened in Afghanistan, they might have heard it 50 years after it happened. They might have heard it if they ever did hear it. And that's, that's not just so many years ago as it would have been also in the days of our parents. But in the days now that we have television, radio, then we move up where we have apps and news notifications and all this, and our minds, our spirits, our constant humanity all the time is being flooded over with so many negative things. So much sickness, politics, politics saying this and that and the other, negativity. And you know what? We're living in such a great age with so many positive things to look at in the Word of God. I believe we ought to feed more on those things than we should on all those negative things. We'll never change all of that, but what we can do is change our diet and change the things that we think about. 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a few scriptures with you. Write them down if you like. Psalms 19, 14. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Psalms 141, 3. Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth and keep the door of my lips. Now, I wonder why we would need a watch over our mouth and something to prohibit an outgo or an income of the door of our lips unless there is power in our words. Proverbs 6, 2, thou art snared with the words of thy mouth. Thou art taken, and that word is a similar word that they would use to catch foul. And you, thou art taken with the words of thy mouth. Proverbs 13, 3, he that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life. Well, praise the Lord. He that, now, now let me just tell you up front, this is not going to be deep. Don't worry, I'm not going to just, you know, you're going to really have to concentrate and really, no, it's going to be right down where we all live, where we all walk, all that sort of thing. So you don't have to worry about no deep things. I'm not that type of preacher, no way. He that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life. But he that openeth wide his lips shall have destruction. You mean simply just from talking and simply from saying certain things that we will open our mouth. I'm not a very good Christian. God don't love me. I'm, I'm no count. I'm rotten. You're talking the devil's language when you're saying that. People think you gotta be cussing and gotta saying all kinds of things like that to talk the devil's language. Oh no, the devil has a sanctified language for church folks. And they don't use curse words that don't use them things. Come on now. But he uses scriptures. He uses message quotes. That's right. Notice in Proverbs 15, 4, a wholesome tongue is a tree of life. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life. And the word wholesome there means health and healing. So a healthy tongue, wow, a healthy tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness therein is a breach in the spirit. Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power, not of the soul, not of the spirit, but in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Matthew chapter 12 verse 37, for by thy words thou shalt be justified and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. And the saint said, now watch Brother Branham now. I'll pick up the exact same thought and at thy word. He said, talking about people being called in the prayer line. Now if your number is called tonight in the prayer line, if God reveals your heart and speaks to you and gives you deliverance here, don't you never have no kind of a testimony, only that he healed you. Because if you do, if you one time testify to the other side, the negative side, it will come back on you worse than it was before. 
Now we know how it is in special meetings when anointed servants of God pray for us and they, they're able to unite their faith with our faith and bring you know something supernatural and special. I appreciate that myself, don't you? But yet we know that, that us keeping that deliverance will not be based upon constant contact with that servant of God and calling him and texting him and emailing him, but it will be our constant faith in what God said that the God who delivered Delivered me will keep me delivered. And the God who healed me will keep me healed. And the God who saved me will keep me saved. But a lot of it has to do with the way that we look in it. Can you imagine Brother Benham telling the people that the very God who heals them would be able to keep it away as long as their testimony was positive that I am healed? Well, praise the Lord. Notice again he says, let him that's weak say, I am strong. Just say in your heart that I am now strong. I have now accepted Jesus as my healer. Never have a negative testimony anymore. But I'm gonna tell you, friend, that was hard in 1953 when he said that, but it's a lot harder now than it was then. There's, there's probably not a family here in this place today that have all kinds of trauma. We have all kinds of family issues. We have church issues. We have job issues. We've got mental issues, psychological issues, money issues, car issues, truck issues, kid issues, dog issues, cat issues, house issues, rent issues, ownership issues. We've got issues. And if we're not careful, all of those things will occupy our mind and we're so defeated and we go to the house of God and the preacher has to spend the first half of his sermon and raising us up high enough to even be able to receive something from God. Oh my, notice this. Now you imagine this is 1951 when he said this. Never have a negative testimony anymore. Just believe it. God is under obligation. Jesus Christ sitting on the right hand of the throne of God, he said, to accept you. He's sitting there as the high priest of your confession to make good before the Father anything that he died for that you're confessing that he's done. Now notice the link. The Lord Jesus is there as our high priest to be able to make good everything that his word says, but it must line with your confession. So if you say, well, I'll never have victory, he cannot confess that before the Father because that's not what he says. So you say, well, I'm not healed. I guess I'll just be sick all of my entire life. So where does the Bible say that? Where does the Bible say you can't have peace and joy and power and a life filled with all oh my, with the glory of God? Where does the Bible say we can't have it? So we do all of this talking and all this confessing when the Lord Jesus desires for us and him to say the same thing. Can you imagine when you say the same thing his word says about you, he confesses your confession before the eternal, hallelujah, before the eternal God and then you and him are lined up and it will come to pass. Oh my. You know, Brother Ram tells us that Abraham received the promise from God and he watered that promise every day with praises. Praise is water 
on the seed of God's word. <laughs> Notice this again and accept God's gift. I love this one. To me, it is just absolutely tremendous. Healing is not something that you just say, well, I believe it. I believe it. And I said, that's all right if that's the best you can do. Just mentally or just say, well, I see it. I believe it. I accept it. Then if you accept it on that basis, keep saying it over and over and say it out loud. Now why? Because in your subconscious, remember the prophet tells us there's a man down in the engine room and then there's a man in the ship and he's the one up on the deck. He's the captain. He's the one who makes the calls down to the guy in the engine room and the guy in the engine room is the one who actually directs the ship. Now he said, you will say you believe your word, that believe God's word, that's the captain, that's the senses up here. But the man down inside of you in the subconscious, he'll say, well, God did it for so-and-so, but he won't do it for you. And you, you've asked God about this, now how many times, and God still ain't done it. This is the guy that runs the ship himself. And then whenever you go to saying God's word, by his stripes I am healed. Well, I'm just keeping it to myself. That's exactly what the devil wants you to do. The devil knows there is power in you hearing yourself say God's word. Oh, hallelujah. It ain't enough just to say it on the inside, but say it, amen. I am healed. I am delivered. I am a child of God. I have victory. Amen. Keep saying it over and over. Say it out loud. Say it over and over. Just keep saying it. I'm healed. I'm healed. Now listen to these words. And then he says, say it until you actually believe it. <laughs> so you mean you can start saying it and don't believe it? Exactly. Amen. Don't never have a, te a negative testimony every time you confess it. Well, I still feel bad today. You'll go right back to the same rut you was in the beginning. There's not a man or woman here baptized with the Holy Spirit. If you would start your confession, I believe I've lost the Holy Spirit. I believe it's gone from me. You'll go right down from right there. Why? Because God made us a creator. We are creators of both positive and negative and we're able to create an atmosphere. Every one of us here today create the atmosphere we live in. Remember, we are astronauts. Amen. We are astronauts. If astronauts go to the moon, they don't let the atmosphere of the moon affect them. Why? They take their own atmosphere with them. They have a space suit. They have a space suit. They walk on the moon with their own atmosphere. So are we living in the middle of Laodicea and darkness and chaos, but I am an astronaut. Amen. I refuse to live in the atmosphere of Laodicea sin. Again, he says, don't have no negative testimony. Testify positive. Jesus has healed me, and I'm well. No matter how you're feeling. Oh, that's what gets us, though. 
Well, how do you feel? You'd have to be pretty well dumb not to feel something here the way these meetings have been numb and could Oh, but that ain't when the devil's gonna bother you. It's when you leave this atmosphere. And then you head down the road and you get home and all kinds of problems away. But you can stand when you get home with the same victory you feel right here today. Because you believe God loves you. He cares for you. Notice the prophet said if you get back to that every time you have a negative testimony and you look at your symptoms, you're falling right then. There's not a Christian in you, no matter how solid you are in the faith. If right now something happened to get a hold of you and tell you you're not a Christian and you start testifying, well, I'm not a Christian no more, you drop right then. You're not a Christian from that point on. As soon as you testify you're not a Christian, you drop from grace. You're falling because your own speech tells what you are. It's, oh my, it's faith that acts every time. So, what is your confession? I'm talking about in church, I ain't talking about in front of everybody. I'm talking about you. When you and you and you are alone. Your soul, your spirit, your body. What talking, what self-talk do you do to yourself? Well, y'all quiet this morning. I noticed, Brother Ram said, it's a strange saying so much people thought of in this day. And they say, well, I'm weak in faith. My faith is not very much. I'm not a very good Christian. That's just what the devil wants you to say. You're talking his language. Can you imagine no curse words or nothing like that which would not come out of our mouths at all. And we say, oh, well, I'm just not a very good Christian. I don't have much faith. I'm not this. I'm not that, the other. That's exactly what Satan wants you to say. Don't never let your testimony be negative. Let it be positive all the time. I am saved. I have God in my heart. I believe him with all my heart. Do you believe in divine healing with all my heart? Let your testimony and your thoughts never let a negative thought come in your mind. If you can help it, and when it starts, don't entertain it. You say, well, I can't keep the thoughts from coming. Well, be like the farmer that said he couldn't stop the birds from flying over his place, but he could sure stop them from roosting. You can't help thoughts when they come, but don't entertain them. So you're getting in your automobile and you're going to work. It's Monday morning. Somebody gets in the car with you. His name is Lucifer. You say, buckle up, devil. It's a law here in Virginia. (laughs) It's amazing to me how much people can tell you and quote you things the devil told them 40 years ago. And they can't hardly quote one quote to save their life. Well, the devil told me this, and the devil told me that, and the devil told me this, and the devil, what are you doing memorizing his words? You're, you're talking about if preachers lied to you the way the devil did, you'd tar and feather them. Why do we even listen to that liar? 
Why do we believe one word he says? Oh my. My, my. Notice this. Brother Ram said, God can only bless you as you confess he has done it for you. He is the high priest of our confession. Is that right? Hebrews 3. He can only do for us. You're talking about three powerful aspects in this principle of God. He can only do for us as we accept it and believe it and confess it. What is that? A, B, C. Accept, believe, confess. Amen. A, do you believe A, B, C? Accept, believe, and confess. Oh, but what if, what if, what if I get up there and I get prayed for and something happens and I, I go to testifying about it and then it don't happen, it, it don't happen, then what have I done? That's what keeps many of us back, our fear of failure. We're so afraid. The Bible tells me in Revelation, those who will be cast into hell are the fearful. You know what that word means? Those who refuse to go on with God. They're not infidels. They're not unbelievers. But they were so fear, afraid of failure that they just stood on the outside of it. Well, you know, it's good for everybody else. But I don't think I could. Well, praise the Lord. Why don't you worry about this service being long, will we? <laughs> I want you to notice this again, Brother Branham says, remember God will make your body come into your confession. Friends, where do we get this idea that we've all got to die sick? Where do we get this idea? We talk so much about divine healing. I believe in divine healing. I also believe in preaching divine health. I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in the ER, that thou mayest prosper and be in the walk-in, that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul proper. Brother Donnie, we're living in Laodicea, which makes it a greater miracle. Pray, well, my, my family, cancer runs in my family and TB runs in my family, but you're born again. You've got another heavenly father that gives you a declaration of faith. We're waiting for cancer. We're waiting for TB. We're waiting for adultery. Let's wait for the rapture. Let's look to our face in his word and say, who says I have to have it? Notice this, he says, if you say you're a drunkard and want to drink, don't worry, you'll soon be one. If you say you're a sinner and want to sin, now we're talking about folks that have a profession now of Christianity, but they go to talking drinking, they go to talking sin, and they will talk their self right out of their Christian experience. We're not talking about born again folks now. Sealed by the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We heard that so beautifully last night. But we're talking about folks that have an intellectual face. But all of a sudden their conversation, their communication changes. Your testimony will bring you right into it. If you believe in healing and believe that God has healed you and confess it, God will make your body 
obey your confession. Well, if God can do that with divine healing, what about an addiction to pornography? What about an addiction to something else? Cannot God make your fingers obey the confession of the word of God? I think it's pretty sad when the smartphones are smarter than the owners. Well, that didn't cost you nothing. Notice he said, you go right out of this building tonight testifying that you're saved. But what if you go out and say, well, I don't know. I don't know if I'm saved. God will make your body obey your confession. Remember, he will make your body obey your confession. So what do you talk about so much of your days? What do you say about you and God? You and your family. You and your church. You and the rapture. You and the resurrection. You and the millennium. What do you say about you? Well, from today, by the help of the Lord, I'm going to give you some things to talk about. This is what, as the people of God, if you aren't already doing it, we need to make some improvements. Let's start with the simple basics. I'm forgiven. This is our confession. I'm forgiven. I'm saved. I wrote a bunch of them down. My memory ain't near quite what it used to be. So I wrote a bunch of these down. I'm forgiven. I'm saved. I'm redeemed. I'm justified. I'm bought and purchased. My body is his temple. Hallelujah. When Satan comes against you with some sort of temptation to get you to do this or that, you remind that devil and that temptation, my body is a tabernacle of the Holy Ghost. I am tabernacling deity. I don't need to look at that. I don't need to do this. I don't need to say that. Amen. My body is a tabernacle of the Lord. Hallelujah. I have eternal life. I have access to God. I am inseparable from Christ. I am more than a conqueror. He will renew my strength. I have value in God's eyes. As a matter of fact, I am the apple of his eyes. I am accepted in Christ. God will meet my needs. I am made the righteousness of God. I am loved by God. He cares for me. And let's just drop this one in here now, which ain't on my notes. It'll make Psalms 23 a whole lot more personal. The Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down 
in green pasture. He leadeth me beside the still water. He restoreth my soul. Oh, hallelujah to God. He anointed my head with oil. My cup brought us over. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I am an overcomer. I have self-control. That's what's wrong with the majority of the people of the world. They've lost control of themselves. But as a child of God, I have self-control. The Lord is my strength. He is my deliverer. He is my defense. He is my refuge. He is my peace. He is my mediator. He will work all things for my good. Now if I just stop right here, right here. And you all would take these things and apply them, all of us, preachers included, to our lives. I wonder what kind of folks would be. I wonder if we realize how much negativity that we live in. How much Satan is trying his best. For many of you, I don't know how the devil knows if a person has the Holy Ghost or not. But no doubt there's a sphere, there's a way, the pulsation of light from your soul. There's some way that he can look and see and know that you're different than everybody else. And he no longer tries to attack the realm of the soul, but he'll attack the spirit and he'll attack the body and he'll try to cause all kinds of situations in your home, in your life, in your church and our minds are in such turmoil. Come on, saints. And we don't know what to do, which way to turn. Anybody there? Of course you are. And yet, what does it do? If he cannot stop you from being a child of God, he wants to rob you of the full benefit of what Jesus Christ died for so we're sad we're oppressed we're depleted and we're just not sure if we can make it another day or not so we get out of bed oh no I didn't die with a heart attack during the night oh God A lot of folks want to go to heaven. Sure, we all do that are Christians. But I'll tell you what some folks desire to go to heaven is to get out of this world. They just don't want to deal with difficulty. They don't want to deal with hardship. Well, I'm going to tell you something, friend. I believe we as children of God were born to torment hell. Amen. As the children of God, the prophet said that I believe a man or woman can live so close to God that the devil don't know what to do with you. Can you imagine you getting up every morning and the devil saying, oh no, oh no, here she comes. Oh no, here he comes. Get out of their way. Get out of their way. They're on fire with God. 
So how do you start your day? Fox News, CNN, ABC, Yahoo. So many got shot, so many got killed. Trump did this, Trump did that, Trump did something else. I'm looking for the last Trump, but it sure ain't the one in the White House. <laughs> no matter the difference, who takes the White House? She's, she's going to be on redemption, right? But how much of it during the day? Everything happens. Hurricane turned into Cat 5, 165 miles an hour. Oh my, we're notified. We're notified. We're notified. Some of you smart folks need to come up with a smart app on our phone to help notify us how much God loves us. Just every hour or so, just a reminder, he died for you. Another reminder, hallelujah, he gave his life for you. He filled you with the Holy Ghost. Just a reminder of good news. And then we make it to the house of God. Oh. We drag in and we're wore out. It is one of the most comfortable places left in our life. So we get in. Ooh. Praise God. Everything feels so much lighter. So much better. Ugh. You know, really, I don't get mad at folks for going to sleep in church. It's the most comfortable place we got left. Honestly, I'm not saying it to be to make make a joke because the burdens of the of the world and they roll away and we finally get relaxed. Is that what the Lord Jesus meant for us to be? I thought we were, we were the capping of all the ages. So we're barely to hang on to the end and then when the end comes, we'll barely just, you know, for a fall, come up into the gates and just, oh, oh, I made it, God. <laughs> Friends, I just can't believe that. I believe when this bride leaves this world, She's going to leave with the crowning glory of God. Hallelujah. It ain't going to be you that's barely hanging, but the devil will say, I'm glad they're out of here. Amen. I'm glad they're out of here. Praise God. So we get up and start checking our Facebook. And, oh, I can't believe they posted that about me. We'd be better off to have our face in the original book. Let me go on. I ain't supposed to be meddling now this morning. He 
is my peace. He will work all things to my good. I am his workmanship and he makes no junk. Praise God. He will complete me. Some of you ever get discouraged where you are and just seem like you ain't going nowhere and growing and all that? You know, when we get right down to the final stages, you, you change away from 80 grit sandpaper and 40 grit and all that. You get down to 1,000, maybe 1,500 or 2,000. It's a polishing stage. And many of you can think about, oh, when I first got saved, I dropped off cigarettes and drinking and this and that, but boy, it don't seem like I'm going nowhere. Well, you may not be growing in great chunks or leaps and bounds, but you're in into the polishing mirroring stage to where he's delicately working on you and oh my, taking away everything that displeases him in order to bring you into the complete image of what the bride ought to be. Is that our desire? He will complete me. I have a sound mind. That's a miracle in this age. needed in the body of Christ. Nobody can take my place. Come on now, don't sit there and look at me and and act like you want me to believe that you've never felt like you wasn't needed. We all want to feel needed, do we not? Even us as preachers, we want to feel needed and wanted. Well, let me tell you this morning, you are needed in so much that almighty God is not complete without you. He will keep me. I am his and he is mine. He is my shepherd and I am his sheep. He loads me daily with benefits. He brought me abundant life. He wants my fellowship. Don't you understand, friends? Prayer should not be a laborious thing. Prayer should not be something that you, oh, I dread it, I dread it, I've got to pray. It should be something we long in our hearts. And you don't have to just do it when you're in the closet. You can do it when you're pushing a buggy down Walmart to grocery line. When your brothers are hammering a nail, when you're painting a wall, he wants your fellowship. Oh, this would transform us if we could grasp that one thing. The Lord Jesus, God Almighty, wants our fellowship. We would give it to him so freely instead of him having to beg for it. He is my sufficiency. He will never overload me. I need help with that one sometimes. <laughs> Maybe I'm the only one here, but sometimes I, <laughs> you think, oh, Lord, you know, this load you're under, you're dealing with this and you're dealing with that. So this is my confession. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just sharing with you what my confession is of me as a believer and what I'm able to see in the word that is my inheritance. And I say these things. I say these things to God about me and my walk and my relationship. 
Because you see, I was raised in a family where my daddy told me, you're stupid. You're ignorant. You'll never amount to nothing. Oh, Donnie, all Donnie has is the word. Donnie will never do this. Donnie will never do that. It's taken me decades of my life to break away from that image of my natural father to the image of my heavenly father. He will keep me. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. I am his friend and he is mine. I am one of his branches. I will bring forth fruit. I am in Christ. I am one spirit with him. I am complete in him. He is my high priest. He is the author and finisher of my faith. Oh, I'm thinking about quitting. How in the world can I quit anything I never started in the first place? You never started that work in you. You wasn't the one that called you. You wasn't the one that saved you. He called you before the foundation of the world. And there ain't enough devils in hell. There ain't enough human beings on the earth. Even our own slothfulness will never break that call. He is not ashamed of me. He is my brother. He is my healer. He hears my prayers. He answers my prayers. He is my helper. He is my peace provider. He is my help time of trouble. He is my comforter, Paracletos, one called alongside to help in the time of trouble. He will comfort me. His grace is sufficient for me. He will never leave me nor forsake me. Sin has no dominion over me. Hallelujah, hallelujah, sin. If you're dealing with a besetting sin and you're dealing with something in your life, keep saying it over and over and over again. You devil, you pornography, you smoking, whatever it is, I refuse for you to dominate my life. Sin will have no dominion over me. Amen, you will not rule me. You will not control me. Or you can say, well, my daddy had this porn problem. My uncle had it. They caught him in the C-Mart or, you know, whatever grocery store it was. So I guess I'm just doomed with it. Yeah, your mouth, your mouth, it just spoke your body into a finale of possession. Do you understand, friends, once we enter into this negativity, Demons and Satan, you just go down in hell. Drink a good cold glass of southern tea and eat a bologna sandwich. And eat a little Debbie when it's all done. Because we will devastate our own selves. Well, the devil done this and the devil. Don't blame the devil for a lot of stuff that we've done. 
I go to smelling this same feeling down at the home church and I go to preaching on stuff like that. Smells like hide roasting, you know. Brother Don, surely you don't believe we can live a godly life. Young people? Yes. There will be young people come out of this age. The most wretched, dark, sinful, wicked age that's ever been. There will be young men and young women that will come out of this age and they're not hanging on mama's coattail or daddy's coattail or the preacher's coattail. They're gonna come out of this age a new creature in Christ Jesus. Amen. They may have had all kinds of strains in their family, but they took the word of God and they accepted and believed and confessed. So can you imagine one of the books of the New Testament being named after you? Now if you read the book of Philemon, you'll notice that Paul leaves out the apostolic authority that he has. He leaves out all that which he addresses in Philippians and all the other books because this is actually a personal letter to an individual. I'm so glad it was included in the Bible. Can you imagine if you got enough faith today to be able to not add to or take away, but to be able to read yourself into the scripture that this could be called the book of Mary or the book of Wang or the book of Joe or the book of Tim? And almighty God would say, I directed one of my servants to speak to you this morning to be able to energize your faith to help you to not acknowledge and understand the power of your words. Oh, will you get up at the end of the service and say, I'm not sure what he was trying to say. Surely he don't think that we can live that. I do. But, but, but this is the most evil, wicked, right? But you don't believe God can keep us. I do. Yeah, Brother Tim said last night, 50 years now, Brother Tim? 50 years been preaching the message of the hour? I got saved when I was 12 years old. I'm now 63. 51 years. Oh, I bet you regretted. You, you hated that you missed so much of your young life. I, I don't regret one day of serving my Lord Jesus. And let me just go ahead and tell you and shock some of you. If there was no hell and if there was no heaven, I would still choose this same life to live this same way, to live with these kind of people. If there was no heaven and there was no hell, when this life was over, I just, I was annihilated and that was it. You say, you're crazy. No, I've enjoyed this life so much, I would do it all again with no reward. Well, come on, saints. Anybody else here want to do it too? Anybody else say, Jesus, I choose you. I choose you. Oh, I'm not worried about streets of gold. I'm not worried about walls of jasper. He's been so good to me in this life. I cannot imagine what the next life is going to be. Hallelujah. 
Well, you all thought I was crazy. Now you know I am. I have been quickened from the dead. I am a miracle. I was born lost with an unregenerate nature and the very Zoe of God come into me and quickened me. Hallelujah. I am an heir of God. I'm a joint heir with Jesus Christ. I have an inheritance. No weapon formed against me will prosper. God sent trials are for my good. I am blessed. I am happy. And I am a holy roller. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Now we've changed that saying in the message, we're holy setters. Brother Bram, it's time they amen the word. Now we nod. I wonder if how that worked on old Fritz. Brother Bram's coon hound, whenever he wants seen him after that skunk in the wood pile. Boy, here goes that skunk in the wood pile and old Fritz is there. He's just waiting and waiting and waiting. Brother Random went. Of course, this is folks' disapproval. Old Fritz has been looking up, looking up. Brother Bram went. And Fritz and dog language just said, what's that mean? That's why preachers say, are you with me? Are you with me? Come on, church. Say amen, church. Y'all understand what I'm saying? That's why preachers is doing that because Fritz is kind of let down on his part. So Brother Brandon says, sick him, boy. Sick him, boy. No, Fritz had done handled them skunks before. He knew it was a mess. He knew he'd come out smelling bad. Oh, hallelujah. But all Fritz needed was sick him, boy. Oh, hallelujah. I am a believer. I am an amener. I am a shouter. I am blameless in him. Praise God. Now, friends, I hope I ain't overwhelming you with this. I want you to just think, what kind of Christians would we be if we would let this be daily, daily, We've got all these smartphones and we've got all these reminders and we can remind ourselves of dentist appointments and all kinds of things. Why don't you remind yourself of some good things? You are accepted in the beloved. You are called. You are going to make it. This too will pass. This will too, it will pass. You will have victory over this. 
Can I go on just a little bit longer? I can and will forgive others. I will not avenge myself and I will not hold grudges. Well, there's many shouting on that with If I fall and make a mistake, I will get up. If I fall short of the glory of God, if I complain and grumble and, oh God, why'd you call me this and that and the other? Lord, I don't, I don't want to do this no more. Oh, when I feel bad about that, I'll say, Lord, forgive me. Oh, where is the devil in hell? Where'd he go? I am called and chosen and faithful. I belong to a priesthood. I am a written epistle. I can do what I need to do through Christ Jesus. I can ask in his name and he will hear me. If I submit and resist, Satan will flee from me. When I overcome, I inherit all things. I love this one. He will change my body. If I'm alive, the rapture is mine. If I go by the way of the grave, the resurrection is mine, and I'll get up before you all do. Either way, I'm a winner. He will hold my hand and help me. He will never leave me. In his presence is the fullness of joy for me. He will preserve me. I am delivered from my enemies. I have help in trouble and I'm delivered out of trouble. He will deliver me from sickness and affliction. I have divine guidance. I have divine protection. Now you can sure see why the devil wouldn't want you eating on a daily diet of that sort of stuff. You're talking about that unstoppable army we've been preaching about. I am a growing Christian. I have his presence when I feel nothing. Praise God. I have his presence when I feel nothing. I will not fear cancer. He rejoices over me, Habakkuk 2. I am the object of his love. I bring God pleasure. I belong to his kingdom. I will not fear failure. I am part of his glorious church. I must have and will have perfect love. I will love as Jesus loves. I will forgive as Jesus forgives. 
I am a vessel of mercy prepared unto glory. Now, all you Bible readers know that I'm taking this from condensed scriptures. I am a child of God. My angel is always with me. <laughs> or you can say, how you doing today? <laughs> I'm glad you asked. That big toe right there. Oh, I got a big toe. I didn't even get out of the bed to my lumbago. Now I've got this bad twitch here in my eye. You see it? I... That devil, bless his name, he just... I don't know why God's making it so hard on me. Don't blame God for your foolishness. Out of your mouth. If God be for me, who can be against me? Glory to God. Hallelujah. If God be for me, who can be against me? Let the government come against us. Let the denominations come against us. Let all hell come against us. But if God be for us, who can be against us? I didn't say I was done. I just said, let's stand. Let me share a few more with you. Heaven is mine. The rapture is for me. The marriage supper is for me. The millennium is for me. And this is my last one. When there is no more devil, I still will be. no more sickness when there is no more trouble when there is no more heartache you will be forever and forever and forever God bless you I'm a child of the king. Yes, I am, and I know I am. I'm a child of the king. Yes, I am, and I know I am. I belong to the Lord. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I'm a child of the
of a testimony. And there's none more powerful than yours. Isaac in the building anywhere? Isaac not in the building anywhere? Little True was, go get him, Randy. You'll be tickled to do that. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. They said I was brain dead. Sister Connie probably still thinks that way. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. But a God that is rich in mercy. They said I'd never walk again, but I enjoy dancing in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Brother Jim, you've been through some tough times, but you're still standing. Hallelujah. Been through some rough times, but you're still standing. Here comes Sister Connie, and they said her lungs were full, thousands of tumors in them, but she's still here. You see, you hear stories. But it's good to be a part of the testimony. Amen. Satan had plans. But Miriam grabbed a tambourine and began to dance. said this is just the way that it's always going to be. But she said, I've got three bobby pins. And I believe I'm going to need it. Now Satan puts on his models. I'd like to show you a model. When you think that you're right against the wall and you're not going to live, 
just call Elena's name and tell God what you did for Elena. Whereas I'm going to destroy your life and you'll never be able to come back. God's rich in mercy. that are going on in your life I want you to come back tonight and say hey he's my God he's my God and I believe that God will meet my need right here this morning right here this morning I believe he'll meet my need why don't you lay your hand over on your, your neighbor and you've heard the power of words. You've witnessed some of the most powerful miracles that could stand in one building. And it's your God. It's your God. It's your God. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, you said there would be an invincible arm, the army on the earth. They are standing, Father. Bone of his bone and life of his life and power of his power. And today, Lord Jesus, you see our needs. And our needs reach out to a God that hears and answers prayer. And no weapon that is formed against us shall prosper. Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ now, we make a claim on the promises of God's word, Father. Our circumstances do not have to control us. We bind the devil. We bind the serpent now. In the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We'll stand and give testimony. Hallelujah. By the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 I want us to sing a testimony when the roll is called up yonder. I will be there. When the trumpet of the Lord shall sound, I'm sure. 
got some good news. We're going to make it. preparation to get us ready for that meeting. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for coming. Labor Day comes every year until that last one takes place. And we'd like to invite you back and, and we will do our best to be able to accommodate you better next year. And uh, we certainly so appreciate you coming this year. I think we've had some of the best speaking I've ever heard. because you came ready. And it's always wonderful when a bride stays in revival. Amen. And so we will have Labor Day services next year, and we want to invite you back again so you don't have to wait on a text or a, an invitation. We'd like for you to come, and we're sure, we're, sure, we're sure thankful you for being here. I'd like to thank our local body for everything that they've done over the last weeks and months. It's been things that have been going on to, to make sure that things would be good. I'd like to thank the guys that's parking you guys and everybody, the feeders, the people that have fed you and worked behind the scenes. Today, we've got good news for you. We've got a company named Hank's Barbecue that we have asked to, to bring you sandwiches. It's going to be two lines, and uh, this is going to be a grab-and-go type of a thing, but you can grab and stand and grab and not stand in the line now. And, uh, and uh, this is always where that test of Christianity really works. <laughs> and we've had three great services. Don't morrow it in a lunch line. So now we've got we've got barbecue sandwiches and we've got some things that goes with that. And we've got some servers to take care of that. Uh, of course, we've got some snacks and uh, peanut allergies. Be aware of that. <clears throat> and uh, drinks for you. And then we've got a special thing that us as a family fell in love with here a while back. And uh, we have invited uh, uh, an ice cream truck. You know, if you didn't have it good enough this week, we've invited an ice cream truck to come and give you. And he said, it, he said he'll serve every person one serving of ice cream. That's a neat deal, ain't it? Amen. That's a neat deal. And so uh, be, be patient with him as he gets it ready for you. And, and he can't serve 500 people at the same time. But if you await your turn, I, I want butter pecan. I, that's what I want. But, but I do want to say this. If I have to wait 10,000 years to get my turn, I'd really like for you to be patient with me a little while. I want to talk to him for a bit and thank him. 
I really want to thank him. I'll, I'll be patient with you, but, but I really want to thank him. I want to spend some time with him. I love you. I'd like to tell you, as, as an individual, I love you with all my heart. I'd like to, to go to your house and sit on your porch and drink your coffee and eat your chocolate. I'd really like to do that. I'd really like to do that. I'd really like to do that. I'd like to spend time with God's children. One day we'll have time for all of that. Maybe we'll get a chance to shake one another's hands in a little bit. I'll be able to look at you and tell you I love you. And I mean it with all my heart. It's not just a saying, but I mean it with all my heart. It's like I tell Sister Connie every day, you're beautiful. It's my job. I like it. I like it. I tell her, I love you. I love you. I think you ought to tell your wife. You're beautiful. You're beautiful. tell her that you love her. Now you tell him back. You, you, you got to tell him back. That's the way this thing works. <laughs> Whoever said that life's good for you, man. <laughs> now you see I'm stalling to make sure that it's everything's ready. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to practice this. I want you to turn to your neighbor. And tell him, Brother Ron loves you. Now go ahead and tell him you love him too. That way there ain't nothing going on here. You go ahead and get that so love you with all of our hearts. We thank you. We thank you for coming. We thank Brother Tim's church for traveling so far. So many churches I'd get in trouble, but thank you. Some of you from Pennsylvania, all the way from Georgia, we thank you for coming. Amen. Pray it in the storm. Don't bother any of you guys. I'd like to just see that thing just blow right out to sea. Just not do anybody any damage whatsoever. Amen. God bless you. Andrew, we've got a wonderful team that's behind the scenes. And thank Brother Andrew and Brother Matthew that Amen. work right here on the pulpit with us. And all the musicians. Amen. We have borrowed Brother Brother Tim Pruitt's organ player, Brother Andrew, we didn't realize that Sister Deborah was his Brother Farmer. I think that Brother Farmer's going home today. Hallelujah. Oh, amen. amen. Thank you all for that. Brother Andrew, just so you know, you're well loved. We, we talked about stealing you, and Timothy said, I kill you. Bless you this evening. We love you with all of our hearts. Isn't he good to us? Amen. He's just so special to us. What a day that will be. Yeah. Let's sing that chorus just before. Oh, what a day that will be.
locked in, please let somebody know. And uh, amen. I just appreciate the Parkers that have done such a good job of getting us. I'm going to ask Brother Aaron if he'll come and say grace over the food. And thank the Lord for this meeting. Just thank the Lord for this meeting. I don't know how far you've driven or how much money you spent to be here. But I believe you can say, as I can, it's been worth it all. It's been a wonderful meeting. Brother Ron, y'all are a wonderful host. And, and Brother Ron is a dear friend. And, and doesn't he do a good job? Don't this whole church do a wonderful job? Some, sometimes you don't realize all the work that goes into a meeting. But it's worth it all. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, Lord, words do not do justice to what we've experienced this weekend, Lord. Lord, it'd be hard for us to properly thank you and give you the praise and glory that you deserve. But Lord, with all of our heart, Lord, with the limited vocabulary we have, we just want to say thank you so very much, Lord. Lord, we believe that this weekend there were things of eternal value that have taken place. Lord, we believe that the one who has saved us will keep us. We believe that the one who has healed us will keep us well. Lord, I pray that if we've ever been guilty, Lord, of murmuring and complaining, Lord, forgive us and may our testimony always be, I am a son of God. I am a daughter of God. I serve the King of Kings and he's coming back for me one day. Lord, thank you for your presence, Lord. Thank you for your word. Lord, for the men who set aside hours in preparation, Lord, I pray that, that you'll bless Brother Wayne and Brother Tim and Brother Donnie, Lord. Lord, I pray that you'll just restore their strength and just continue to keep your hand upon their ministries, Lord Jesus. Lord, as they lift up the kingdom of God and tear down Satan's kingdom. Lord, we believe as we heard today that we're not leaving here barely hanging on. We're not leaving here just hanging on by the skin of our teeth, as it were. But we're going out singing onward, Christian soldier. We're going out as overcomers. We're marching through those gates with the banner of Jesus Christ lifted high. Lord, and it's all because of you. Thank you so much for speaking to our hearts. Lord Jesus, we're about to partake now of physical food, Lord. And I just pray that you'll bless it. Lord, that you'll make a nourishment to our body, Lord. That will give us strength to serve you better. Lord, help us all to be more sincere. Lord, bless the food and our fellowship, and may your hand of mercy go with each and every one as they travel home, Lord. Lord, just wrap your arms around them and protect them on the highways and those in the path of the storm, Lord. Lord, you speak, spoke to the storms, Lord Jesus, and they stopped. Lord, I pray that we can speak to this storm today, that there are no harm come to believers or any, any of their property, any of their loved ones. May it just turn now, Lord go back into the sea. Lord, we thank you for your many blessings. Have your way in our lives, we pray. We surrender all that we are in Jesus' name.